we were with the Patriots. And I remember Bill Belichick said, you know, stop waiting for a light at the end of the tunnel. Some of y'all are, are hoping for that light at the end of the tunnel, talking about the end of training camp. Well, just be careful because that light at the end of the tunnel may be a bus coming your way, a train <laughs> coming your way, right? Like, damn, That's Bill, I never heard it like that. Bad, bad, all white. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Brandon Copeland, aka Professor Cope, and I am here with my dog Ross Mack. Ross Mack got on the Bob Molly shirt. I see you, dog. I see. You. Did it just get legalized in Chicago or something? Or you, or you just man? Just listen, Bob Marley is my all-time top three artist of all time, man. He's one okay. of the greatest. You know what I'm saying? This ain't got nothing to do with smoking weed. If you smoke a little weed, that's on you. You know what I'm saying? But yes, weed is legal here in Chicago. Okay, you know what I'm saying? okay. Uh, well, the real question know. is, who's the top two? If you, he top three, or you said, is he, thir- is he three, or is he in the top three? Who's, who's, oh, he's who's in my the top two? three. Um, I mean, it's hard, bro. I feel wow. with James Brown heavy. I feel okay. with Kanye heavy. You okay. know what I'm saying? Uh, the the list going to go on. Like, these are people that I would, like, listen. Random, I listen to Yo Gotti a lot. Uh, but okay. he ain't the best rapper none but like people you enjoy listening to but but uh bob marley got me through college like the exodus album bro i put that on i'm in there trying to get figure out what i'm gonna do in school or better yet trying to uh study for a midterm i don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying bob marley got me through three little birds don't worry three little birds hey sit by my doorstep yo you better know it bro we need so that's my cousin uh, bro Bob Marley's actually my other cousin. Okay, say no more. Say no more, man. Well, well, yeah, man. For everybody who don't know, I know we took a little segue there, and that's what happens when you got ADD. So you know, don't judge us. It's just or CTE. Let them know you got a little CTE too, but that's cool. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The. the you are tuned into money music culture you are tuned into money music culture we are excited because you know what we're going to do we're going to talk shop but we're going to have a damn good time doing it and first and foremost i i need to make sure that we we put it on record we put it on blast uh we need to get our first sponsorship and i think it needs to be a lotion because ross mac got his knees out right now i know some of y'all can't see he got his knees out right now and this, this is ridiculous it looks like we talking all this financial hey. education, and this dude is out here looking like he can't afford no lotion. This is we thigh we crazy. thighs and knees out all summer, fellas. It's all good. <laughs> it's all Be good. Ourselves. The baggy shorts is over with. Let them thighs breathe, fellas. I'm telling you, ladies been cat calling you. It's our time to shine. Let's get it. Let's get you, it. Man. I'm with you. Hey, you know what? So that's a, a beautiful segue. Watch how I do this, brother. Watch, watch, watch how I do this here. You, you talk about owning your body. And owning your mind, right? But let's talk about mm-hmm. ownership, right? Yes. We got to own, 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 right? I think, you know, w- w- one of my, my cousins, because you got so many cousins as well, too. I just did the the Ancestry uh, kit. And mm. I, 29% Nigerian, y'all. I just went, uh-huh. I mean, 29% Nigerian, y'all. I think 22% yeah. Cameroon. Cameroon, you know what I'm saying? But Let's but go. Najab boy in the building. Yeah, man, I saw it on the little DNA matches. One of my cousins, Jay-Z, used to say, he's always asking me the key to you own your own. You can't be free. That's Ooh. a fact. Okay. That's a fact. Till you own your own, you can't be free. All right. So, I'm I'm trying to get financial freedom. I, I 
that's been my mission and my, my personal goal since shoot, since I was a kid. I, I probably couldn't put it in those terms. I just always knew I wanted to be able to afford what I want, wanted whenever I wanted to do it, right? I didn't want to go down to Candy Isle at the store, you know, a little husky kid, and, and not be able to afford that, not be able to just go ahead and buy that or, or have to really budget it out to, to yeah. buy that, right? So that was a certain type of freedom I was looking for in terms of my, my money, Right. But I didn't necessarily have the term financial freedom at seven, eight, nine, ten. So now fast forward all these years later. And as I've grown, it's gone from wanting to to achieve a certain net worth to wanting to achieve a certain lifestyle. And that lifestyle, I think, can also be compared to financial freedom or is also commonly referred to as a financially free lifestyle. So now I, I'm, I have no shame in saying that people always ask what you want to do when you're done football and yada, yada, yada. I, I want to do what I want when I want. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you mean? What do you, <laughs> what do you mean you want to do that? Like, well, where are you going to go? Who's you going to work for? Mm, mm -hmm. No, nah, I, I want to do what I want when I want. And wow. what that looks like is some days I'm going to be a real estate developer. Some days I'm going to run the foundation. Some days I'm going to, you know, teach and educate some days i'm gonna sit down and do nothing and just go on vacation some days every single day i'm gonna be a great husband great father but i genuinely enjoy doing what i want when i want and i'm gonna monetize it the entire fucking way that's what we're doing right now that's my definition that's not even my definition of financial freedom per se however i want to kick the, the ball to you right when you think about financial freedom what is your personal definition of that financial freedom is time is a freedom of time like you say right doing what you want when you want being able it's not always saying i want to buy what i want when i want right because you know it's it's a certain level of discipline but financial freedom allows you to you can't ever purchase time you can never get time back however it allows you to control your time Mm. And that's how I look at that, right? Because, you know, having a certain level of ownership, a certain level of uh, ownership and a, a lack of debt gives you the ability to potentially live life free, right? Like, you know, Bob Marley was one of them type of people where they asked him, you know, um, what is oh rich? My God, it was, what'd you He's say? Like, what, is, what is rich? What's so a you rich can man? yourself rich. Yeah, what's a rich man? He's like, riches? That's not... It's not money. I'm rich here or something like that. I exactly. Think that's yeah, I'm trying Let's to be rolling. I wish I had be rolling. Well, be yeah, rolling. Hey, wow. put that in. Are you a rich man? I don't, I don't have that type of riches. My riches is life. Because when he said that, I, that stuck with me. I felt that because at the end of the day, right, like being rich isn't just a bank account. It's a mindset. It's a spirit. And like you say, having the ability to play with your kids when you want, when you want. Right. Mm. I remember going to work, doing stuff when I didn't want to. And but the ability to wake up and just look at my kid like I don't feel like get out the bed right right now. Um, let's just go do this or picking them up at noon to go get ice cream. Right. I, I think being financially free. Right. Uh, uh, gives you an ability to live how you want when you want. And uh, also gives you a certain peace of mind, right? I look at financial freedom as a peace of mind because you don't have a debt overhang. You don't have any stress, financial stress, because finances cause a lot of stress, right? And I think that, you know, one way to actually get there is ownership. I know that's mm. something you big on, right? 
Yes, 100%, man. For me, it's, it's like it's playing Monopoly. How do we own as much as possible? And, and I think as I'm trying to understand, when, when you own something, you start to try to figure out how the business works. And then mm-hmm. you're able to put all the hard work, all the education, all the lessons, and also your, just your own personal life experiences to practice to actually have a say in how you make it better how you make it mm-hmm. more efficient, how you make it grow, right? And so that's, I think, what what has helped me be somewhat successful, relatively successful, whatever your definition of that is, is it's not that I just am happy or comfortable owning something. It's that I want to make it better so it can have a better impact, so it can be leaner, so it can be smarter, so it can help more people, whatever it may be, right? Depending mm-hmm. on the industry or depending on whatever we're doing. But, um, you know, Tyler Perry had an interview and he, he talked about how his dad used to be, I'm not sure if he was a carpenter, but he, he worked in real estate, but he, he had a craft, right? So he would be hired to come into a home and let's say he was a, a, a carpenter. He would be hired to come into a home and put up the walls or, or whatever. Right. And he said his dad would come home. And I think he said his dad would be excited. Like, Oh, his dad made 800 bucks on the job. Right. And Tyler Perry said he always used to think, well, if you made 800 bucks, how much is the person who owns the home making? Right. And, you know, that has always intrigued me. And I think that ownership is is a mindset because it makes you naturally it makes you think about your purchases different. Right. When you talk about what is a stock, I want to get invested. Well, I want to own a piece of the best companies in the world. Right. Yeah. I have an iPhone. I've had an iPhone since uh, my sophomore year of college because I purchased it because I felt like I needed to be able to get on the Internet at my internship. And and uh, I saw everybody was able to do it really easy from the iPhone in comparison to that that phone I had before. You know what I'm saying? So I Mm -hmm. got the iPhone. I haven't had a different one since converted wifey to iPhone. Well, at a certain point. Is there a way for me all this money I'm putting in the iPhones and putting into those products? Can I put it into owning this company because when i look yeah. up you know if we get on a group thread today and that thing is green half of us gonna be talking shit about the droid user you know what i'm saying i'm not, <laughs> not trying not, don't you know. put me in no group chat with somebody with a droid start a whole <laughs> new group boy right. better just get him a, a whatsapp or something you know what i mean right get the telegram account or something but yeah so for me ownership is is key and i think that that's the type of time I'm on, that's the type of time and the type of energy the show has. And, and I want to kick it to you because you are an entrepreneur. You've created multiple businesses, but also multiple mm-hmm. business streams for yourself. So when we think about ownership, right? Like, why is it important to you? Because you're Ivy League grad. You worked at Morgan Stanley, right? Like, you could be there caking right now and mm-hmm. chilling, why what is what does ownership mean to you because there's nothing wrong i want to actually let's let's take that back let's take that back let me let me do that again because i don't think that i want to make sure people don't think that i am talking down on somebody who's an employee because i'm an employee right now myself for multiple companies and for the nfl you know what i'm saying so i have no problem with that whatsoever my question is there is a certain time where an the employee mindset says, hey, I'm going to take this and I'm going to use it to start owning some other assets so that I can eventually buy my time back. Why is that important to you? No. So look, man, at the end of the day, and I love the way you said it, like 
at the end of the day, we got to where we were, you know, from having some level of work ethic, right? Our whole life we taught to work, work hard so that way we could get hired, right? Um, and I think I wouldn't be where I was if I didn't work a job. And the one thing I did learn, though, is that, you know, having only one stream of income is obviously too close to having none. And I think that what you want to do is work your job so that, one, it gives you the ability to finance your other dreams, right? It gives you the ability to finance all your other business endeavors. And I think we're in a new society where businesses, right, corporations are comfortable with you working from home now. It's the new norm, right? In order to remain competitive as a as a company, when it comes to hiring top talent, they're going to have to give you the ability to work from home, you know, a few days a week, right? Um, and with that, you got the ability to then leverage that um, so that you can start other types of businesses that in time, right? Because the idea back in the day, the, the American idea was work, 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 retire when you like 60, 70, live off social security and the rest of your retirement. And that's that, right? And I think now we're in a new era where everybody kind of wants it now. And the way you really get to having it now is, you know, having that financial freedom. And another part of financial freedom is saying, you know, being able to live off your investments. That's the next thing, right? If you have some type of <clears throat> cash flowing uh, investments, right? When we're talking ownership, right? If we're owning real estate, if we own a real estate and we got tenants, right? We're able to live off the difference of what we pay in our mortgage versus what they're paying us in rent, right? And, you know, as you get older, guess what? You ain't going to have no mortgage no more because you would have paid it off in, you know, maybe 20 years or something, right? And so you look down and now you just get, you collecting rent. That's real income, right? If you're getting two, $3,000 per tenant, right? That's real income, right? And so for me, ownership is so real because it allows you to control your time. And it also allows you to never stifle your own imagination. And the reason I say that, like for me, with my brands, right? In the event, like I'm able to get calls from competitors and they ask me, yo, are you are you comfortable with that? Hell yeah. I try not to sign, you know, any non-competes, um, right? I should be able to work with every bank, two same insurance companies, right? Um, and that's just how it is, right? And so when you own your brand, you license it out to people, but they don't own it with you, right? And I think that that's important because as you get older, you want to have something that you got the ability to pass down um, to your next generation. And that's where true ownership is, having the ability to have a tangible asset that you can then pass down to the next generation. So whether it is your real estate, whether it is, you know, other assets that you own, right, you know, stocks. Um, you know, maybe cars, watches, etc. But at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is just buy a life of freedom. And the way I equate freedom is um, being able to decide what you want to do and everything on your own watch at your own time, at your own leisure, right? Not necessarily having to clock in. And so, and I love what you said, like, yo, we both work jobs. I, I, I did. And to a degree, I would never be where I was if I didn't have that level of discipline, right? And if I then tried to start my business without having a piggy bank of actual money that I got from working in a real job, right? No telling where I would be, but working in a job gives you a system that allows me to get up at the same time every day, um, check emails, you know, it, it, you, you learn how to be a business, right? I'm not a business. I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. The moment you start thinking of yourself as a Morgan Stanley, as a Coca-Cola, right? You want to continue to own your brand, 
license your brand out if needed. But at the end of the day, once you start treating yourself like a Fortune 500 company, you're going to look and see your, your life at a at a whole different plateau. And so ownership for me is big, bro. Yeah, no, I, I, one of the things I want to ask you following up on, on that is, like, how do you decide what to own? Great question, right? So what do you decide to own? So at the end of the day, let's talk let's talk real real facts, right? Either you could own an asset or you could own a liability. I define an asset as something that once you purchase it, you believe that it is going to grow in value. So if you bought it for $20, you hope, you know, that it's going to be worth over $21 down the line, right? That is something that is growing in value, right? Or you can own a liability. And a liability is something that at the end of the day, once you buy it, it has already lost its value. We all heard the saying, oh, you bought a new car. Oh, as soon as you drive off the lot, it then lost its value, right? Soon as, not, not you know, 10 years down the line. Literally, <laughs> you buy it today, tomorrow, the dealer would no longer buy it for the same price they sold it to you for, right? And so the way I decide what I'm buying, right? At the end of the day, I'm genuinely trying to buy assets, Right. Mm-hmm. Every now and then I got to buy a little designer, you know, shut wifey up. I love you. Get us some diamonds here and now. Right. <laughs> but, you know, how I be, dog. But at the end of the day, the assets that I'm purchasing for me, I'm doing a good due diligence. And I'm saying, you know what? Is there a need for this? Am I buying a stock in a company that I believe has a competitive advantage? And I look 10 years down the line or five years down the line there. Not only will they remain at the top of their game remain being the number one you know player in their sector but they're going to also have such a great management team that they've branched out and did different things right Mm. apple isn't just a computer company right they branched out into music they brushed out into electronics they brushed out into music streaming right apple's so big they they brushed out into data right so for me when i when i first decide what am i buying i'm saying okay uh what's the ability of this company to or, or or what's the need for it right and so I look at that if I'm looking at real estate, right? Same thing. Okay, if I'm in this particular sector, if I'm in a particular part of the city, let me look around. Is there going to be some new development? Mm. Okay, what's the proximity to, to some landmarks, right? Will people be coming to stay here or to live here, right, purely based on, you know, what's the crime rate? Do I see the crime rate going down or going up? Are they developing? Is the and I'm in Chicago, right? Is the Obama Library here? Or what's how close am I to Soldier Field? Or how close am I to the museum? Or how close am I to public transportation? Right. And so that's how I'm looking at those two types of things. But you yourself, you are a serial entrepreneur. So I, I want to throw that question to you because I think that you yourself, what are the, the things you checking off? What what are some things you checking off the box to say, okay, this is a good investment, or better yet, because we know you, you know you 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 cheat, but I still know you be buying some stuff, dog. You oh, know yeah. you got a twin, you I got a Twinkie memory, fetish. Brother. You you, a twi- you got like a Twinkie <laughs> fetish or something, my boy. <laughs> real, I, I I try to buy memories, man. I'm pocketing That's memories, real. but I think I, I uh I've been taking a step back because one of the things I want I wanted to chime on there, I, I learned something so profound the last couple of months is like you know one of the things that when we were with the Patriots 
right? Years ago, remember during training camp, and this was the pandemic season, so our training camp was different than it had ever been before because we had no spring and all of that stuff. So we came there, and and I remember Bill Belichick said, you know, there ain't no light. At the, like, stop waiting for a light at the end of the tunnel. Some of y'all are, are hoping for that light at the end of the tunnel, talking about the mm-hmm. end of training camp, you know, two-a-days and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which two-a-days are a lot lighter than they used to be, but they're still Patriots now. Some of y'all are waiting for that light at the end of the tunnel. Well, just be careful because that light at the end of the tunnel may be a bus coming your way, a train coming your way, right? Like, <laughs> damn. Damn, That's Bill, I ain't never heard it like that, right? Like, And uh, we've been doing conversations with, with athletes, these mastermind conversations and stuff. And, and one of the guys, Larry English, shout out to Larry. Uh, one of the things he said is, is what he stopped doing as he transitioned from the NFL was thinking about that end destination. Thinking that, like, you get a certain amount of money or you'll get to a certain point and you'll just be happy. Everything will be set. Everything will be on autopilot. And he said the reason being is because one, that that makes you feel like you're always chasing that and it's a depressing feeling as opposed to thinking that I, I am in the midst of the journey. I'm in the midst of the grind now. But two, when you some of the companies you just mentioned, when you think about an Apple, you think about an Amazon, you think about a Tesla, you think about any of these stocks, Berkshire Hathaway, they don't have an end point. They don't say, yo, we're just going to do this and then we're good and we're coasting, right? Like the reason why you invest in and you own those companies is because they are always innovating and they're always trying to grow and build their market share. And I think that that's something that I I am valuing more in just my day-to-day life. But now it's something that I'm actively looking for in the companies that I am purchasing and trying to be a part of, whether they're private or they're publicly traded already. For those who don't know, private venture companies, they're not publicly traded on the stock exchange, right? You got to go get access to them through a fund or through the owners um, and the management team themselves, right? Um, And you can purchase them and hopefully one day they are a publicly traded company or they're bought out and you have a big old exit um, and, and you make some money that way. The flip side is is the, are the publicly traded companies. Now, when you see an Amazon purchasing a Whole Foods or or, you know, expanding their business model to do things where you're like, whoa, like years ago, y'all was just connecting people on the Internet to, you know, you got some 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 Amazon shoes. started out selling books. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> They're trying even, to be borders, uh, e-commerce or borders type. Vibe, when you think but, about it. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that. Even when you take it even further back, right? Like you're trying back. to do books right now. Then they were connecting people. And now they're one of the largest, you know, shipping companies. When you think about it, right? Like one of the largest shipping companies in the world, because now, you mm-hmm. know, you, you talk about, oh, I'm about to buy something. I'm about to get something for the crib. Nine times out of ten, people looking on Amazon before they looking yeah. to go Any to a, a traditional shopping center or something like that or store. So anyway, I'm looking for those companies. And then now to take that leap and to say, hey, we're going to go and buy Whole Foods. And now we're going to start these Amazon Fresh stores. And now we're going to do this, this, and this. I'm like, y'all moving mm. different. Y'all yeah. on some Ricky Rose. Like y'all moving different. And I, I respect different. it. And I like it. And that's why I'm comfortable trying to own a piece of your company because I know you you seeing some stuff that I don't even see yet. Right. Yeah. It might not all be good. It might not all be positive, but 
I'm sure it's gonna it's gonna grow and continue to grow mm-hmm. more roots into the fabric and the DNA of this company and the way people live. So I think yeah. that when I when it comes to stocks, right, I, I look for things that are like ingrained in the way we live, right? Like where you would feel a little less your your life wouldn't be as convenient without this product, whether 1, that's a Visa card, right, or mm-hmm. whether that's one of your favorite home building companies. Right. Um, mm. So those are the things that I look for. Now, outside of that, it's like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm literally a, a kid at a candy store just taking up market share and things that I'm interested in. Meaning when I say that, it means like, you know, a kid you just, whoo, damn, I like that. OK, let's do some <laughs> due diligence. Right. Like, let's do some due diligence. Does it actually make money? OK, cool. Oh, this thing has some legs. OK, who's the management team? X, Y, Z. Cool. All right. Well. I'm the bank. Let's go ahead and and put some money into it. And so I think that, you know, just just thinking about one of the first and most powerful books that I ever read. uh, We got links to it on Life 101. Shameless plug. uh, The Banker's Code. One of the first books I ever read that really opened up my mind. I've really only read it because I knew I always wanted to become the bank. Like the bank always wins in Monopoly and just think about in, in the world in general, the banks. They, they always straight some way or another, right? Yeah. So how can I become the bank? And literally, it's funny because years later, like a few years, I'm like, man, I'm not the bank at all. I'm just sitting here just trying to invest in this and this and this and this and this. And then it hit me a few months ago, like, hold on, nah, bro, you are the bank. Like, hmm. that's exactly what banks do. Like, yep. you're putting your money to work here and putting your money to work here and putting your money to work here and putting your money to work here. And, and lo and behold... When them things get them returns, then you, you well, you either look smart or you look stupid, right? And <laughs> I don't know if you think I look cross-eyed yet, but I'm 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 feeling all right over here. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's the the thing. We just gonna keep going and keep trying to own and, and pull up market share, but more importantly, encourage others to do so as well, man. So, yeah. And and I and I I love the quote you said, right? What's the light at the end of the tunnel? Right and, and what what uh what coach you said said that again? Belichick, Bill. So Belichick, Bill. yeah, Bill one, right? You got to look at him as a CEO of a corporation, right? Because he is navigating that team, you know, and and either you can stay complacent, right, or you're gonna continue to grow. And so one, I just want to let y'all know. Cope definitely tried to throw that in there that he played for the Patriots. To be very clear, this was not the Tom <laughs> Brady Patriots. This was the worst team in the league, Patriots. This was oh, post. Damn. This was after this was Tom Brady, so he definitely threw that in there. Like, oh damn, you was a Patriot? Man oh, you in the arena for the already. Lakers, left. you played for the Celtics. Nah, bro, this was I was so geeked for it that soon as Cope got there, Brady like, oh, I gotta leave. Y'all to let Cope on. I'm gone. <laughs> I thought we was get some they, man they, in the arena time, bro. Hey, I thought we hey, get some cameras. People don't even know the reason Tom Brady left. He was because oh y'all got Cope here. I gotta go. Yeah. Um, but no, <laughs> but what he was saying was, and I love that like. The same way you look at it, because one of the things I look at is, you know, what's the competitive advantage? What's the the ability to grow in this field? But also, is this field growing, right? The sector growing or is it like contracting? And what I mean by that is like, do I see a need for this type of product, right? And that's why I was saying Bilicek, he's looking and saying, okay, I need speed at this. I need, you know, because he was one of the first people to have – three undersized white boys playing wide receiver when everybody think thought you need to be six six 
-hmm. He did analytics. He said, you know what, speed is going to be better. And if I throw it to him in this, where the average defender is going to be four, you know, feet away, then they can, or yards away, then, you know what I mean? So, like, it's a science to it, but that also helps you say, how do I want to approach investing? And when it comes to stocks, you ask yourself, what's the, what's the, uh, the 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 ability for this to grow down the line, right? What's the need of this product, right? When you think about electronic vehicles, right? If you look at electric vehicles, that's going to be the entire world in five to 10 years, right? By 2030, you know, they're going to be places that don't even allow you to sell combustible engines, aka cars that take gasoline. Instead, it's going to be electric vehicles. So when I look at an entire, you know, uh, you know, opportunity set like that. It's like, okay, what makes an electric vehicle go? Oh, wow, they need batteries. Oh, what companies are making the batteries? Oh, wow, they need charging stations. People ain't gonna need gas stations no more as much, right? People need to go somewhere where they can charge their battery. Oh, wow, so you got charging stations. You got battery manufacturers, whether it's lithium or, you know, all these other things. And then it's like, okay, cool. Oh, wait, you know, the world is going to Web 3.0 or, you know, more video games or this, that, and the third. Oh, what's it gonna be that? Or everybody's on the internet oh, wow, we need, you know, companies that are doing, you know, augmented reality or companies mm -hmm. that are doing cybersecurity because every company now is. And so for me, I always take a step back and say, okay, what's the overall, what's my holistic view of what's this type of op Exactly. What's the runway? I, How much I, traction it can have in the future? That's that's big, big right there. Exactly. And, the, and I think the last thing I'll say on that is, right, what's the type of, you know, the the person that's driving the ship. And you said something dope, like, yo, when Amazon started as books or Apple started as it, at the end of the day, you need the CEO, right? The Bill Belichick, the coach of that company, right? To be able to say, yo, we're going to pivot, right? Or we also going to anticipate stuff. Like Mark Zuckerberg bought the company that might end up being the, the face of the metaverse in, what was that, like 2014, right? Oculus, mm. right? The the headsets yep. for the metaverse. So like when you start thinking about that, you got to understand the CEOs have to look down the line and see stuff coming, you know, five years down. Um, yeah. But I won't keep going. I'm going to pass it to you and we can go ahead and close him out. Yes, sir. Well, I mean, I think the final exclamation point on that is like the business owners got to make tough decisions. And one of the things you said earlier is I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. And so each of us individually have to make tough decisions. When you think about Apple, right, they're they're prime you know they built a, a number of historic products at this point but one of the products that literally put them on the map was the ipod you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like i think it was the shuffle originally or something like that but having access to 100 songs in your pocket it was like mm -hmm. the tagline or something right yep. and they've come out and said hey we're going to discontinue this right like we got to make this tough decision we got to discontinue this why because this ain't this ain't where it's at no more. It was cool. It was fun while it lasted, but we're not going to blockbuster this thing. We're not going to hold on to it for dear life and waste time, waste money, et cetera. It's time for us to focus on where we need to go next, right? And so I think that that's another thing. When you, when you talk about ownership, you want to be owning companies. You want to be making sure that the management team is strong enough to make the tough decisions, right? I think that that's, mm -hmm. that's extremely important and more importantly, extrapolating that to your own life and making sure that you are tough enough to make the tough decisions because when you're doing something great, everybody can't be happy. Everybody mm -hmm. can't be on the team with you. It's just part of being great. And so, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to drop your nuts or your ovaries and, and make it happen. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> with that being said, man, another episode uh. of Money Music Culture in the books, man. Ross, man, tell, tell them people, man, stop playing and subscribe. Tell them how you tell them, man. Hey, listen, y'all remember that one snotty-nosed boy 
that used to pick on you at the neighborhood park, right? Well, this is what you do. Go find him on Facebook. You know what I mean? He may or may not have been in and out, but it don't matter because what I want you to do is tell him to subscribe. Then tell your cousin, you know, the one that's a little klepto, you can't even let him come to the family functions. Make sure you tell him to subscribe and like, right? And then share it with your drunk uncle and then share it with your auntie who she got her nose done and, and, and everybody don't think, she thinking don't nobody know. But make sure y'all do that, man. Share it with your family and let's get it. Until next episode, Money Music Culture, let's go.